This is the Mindful Experiment Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Vic. Excited that you're here. This podcast is all about diving deep into the mind and understanding this experiment or this game we call life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST. And up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. The Biggest Battle we will ever have to face is the battle between you and you. It's the battle of taking your mind to that limit and then breaking through. On the Mindful Experiment podcast, we will share concepts, universal laws, and interviewing individuals who have done just that, who have gone through the dark times and through those moments allowed their light to shine bright. I'm your host, Dr. Rick Manzo, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast and taking this journey with me as we discover different avenues to break through those limits, expand your reality, and evolve into the person you desire to be. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. This show is sponsored by Empower Your Reality. Empower Your Reality is an online consciousness school that is designed to help you elevate the mind, raise your consciousness, your vibration, to attract and create the reality of what it is that you desire. On Empower, at Empower Your Reality, we have books, we have online classes, you can find the podcast here on there and other things that can help you elevate and truly learn the art and the science of creating the reality of what it is that you want to experience in your life. So for more information to check out all that we're up to and what we're doing, please visit www.empoweryourreality.com. Now, back to the show. This episode is sponsored by Profit From Legal Podcast. 
The Profit From Legal podcast is about discovering how to use legal services to make your small to medium business more profitable. The right lawyer will add value, reduce stress, and enhance resilience in your SMB. In this podcast, your host, Noel Bagwell, provides knowledge and wisdom he's gained from providing preventative legal support to SMBs for the better part of a decade. Your small business deserves to have legal support. Most SMBs go without legal support, though. Even when confronted with a significant legal event, 80% of SMBs still don't hire a lawyer. Typically, this is because the cost of legal services is unpredictable, and lawyers do a poor job of communicating about return on investment, or ROI, from legal services. Our audience recognizes, however, that legal support is valuable and necessary. Our audience recognizes, however, that legal support is valuable and necessary and under the right conditions can be profitable. When you have the right legal support, your business can maximize its value, minimize its stress, and weather nearly any storm. Check out Profit From Legal podcast today and learn how to use legal services to improve profitability in your SMB. I know. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to have you on. Um, I know I had the chance to have you pick my brain a little bit. Now I'm going to have the opportunity to pick your brain just a little bit here. So uh, before we do, as my listeners always know, I'd like to you know get to know a little bit more about you and your story and how you're doing what you're doing now. How did you get there? Because a lot of times in life, people think it's uh, this is what I'm going to do in my life and this is where I'm going to go. And I'm not saying there's not people like that that exist. I think they're very slim. Um, I always call it the pinball effect. We kind of bounce around a little bit and then we find what we really like. So can you mind just sharing a little bit of your story? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I kind of have a Jonah and the whale story, <laughs> so to speak. I ran from my calling. I didn't want to be a lawyer. My grandfather was a lawyer. My dad was a lawyer. My On my mom's side, I've got an aunt who's a judge and an uncle who's a successful lawyer. And uh, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I wanted to own my own business, be my own boss, You know, not have to answer to anybody. I have an independent streak a mile wide. Um, and so I went to college actually to double major in business administration and computer science and had a bit of an existential crisis while I was in college and ended up changing my major to philosophy, which was just radically different. Um, but I got a BA in philosophy, uh, by the way, Bruce Lee also had a degree in philosophy and someone once asked Bruce Lee, they said, what can you do with a degree in philosophy? And he said, you can think deep thoughts about being unemployed. And I thought that was just classic. But uh, I went to a small state school. My academic prospects for teaching at like an teaching philosophy at like an Ivy League college or something like that were were effectively nil. And so I thought, well, what else can I do? And I went to seminary because I had a really strong um, Christian upbringing. Lots of Bible memorization was part of my life and that sort of thing. So I thought, okay, well, put all that to use. We'll go to seminary. I was there for about a year, and I was miserable. I did not. It did not take. So I worked in luxury property management a couple of years and then went to law school. I finally just said, you know what? Uh, philosophy is a great foundation for law school. Uh, it's got, you know, you've got strong logic and critical thinking skills. And I've got all these rhetorical skills because growing up, uh, if I got in trouble, I had to argue with the president of the Tennessee Trial Lawyers Association, <laughs> my dad, if I wanted to try to stay out of trouble, right? Like, uh, you know, it was it, my argument, my argumentation skills were pretty, pretty strong early on just because uh, iron was sharpening iron. So uh, I ultimately went to law school. And while I was there, 
I took all the summer classes to try to graduate early. I did. I ended up graduating a semester early and I took all the really hard like business business law classes like securities regulation, uniform commercial code, corporate finance, bankruptcy, all the stuff that does terrible things to your GPA, but leaves you sharpened and ready to serve business clients. And uh, graduated from law school in 2011, December of 2011, took the bar in February of 2012 and passed the, the first time. And right out of the bar exam, I, I opened up my own law firm. But it was a general practice firm. It was small. It was in my hometown. Um, it's just an, a name practice. And I was pretty miserable. I, I was just taking whatever came in the door. It wasn't the focus that I, I wanted. It wasn't the practice area that I really wanted to work in. I was just doing a little bit of everything. And it felt like I was going a millimeter in a million different directions and not really getting anywhere. And I sat back and I thought for a, for a bit, I, I remember taking a trip to the to uh, the Pacific Northwest with my wife. It was the first time uh, that she'd ever seen the Pacific Ocean. And we were out there and we we're just kind of like thinking about next steps in life. And um, I remember on that trip planning it, what became executive legal professionals. And I, I was asking myself uh, why I had all of these small small business lawsuits and disputes and why these people didn't hire a lawyer in advance, because a lot of these things that I was dealing with in my practice at the time were easily preventable problems or easily preventable disputes. And I thought, you know, if these people had hired a lawyer before they had a, a big problem or this never would have been a lawsuit, they never would have been ever in court spending thousands of dollars on litigation. And they could have spent a couple hundred dollars for a well-written contract or, you know, a consultation or some advice, something much, much cheaper. And why aren't they doing that? And I, it occurred to me that the business model for lawyers serving small businesses was just simply broken. And so I decided to reboot that, like reboot it from scratch. And I started asking myself one single question that changed everything. And the question was, if I were a small business owner, what would I want my relationship with my lawyer to look like? And suddenly the whole theme of my life clicked into place because all of that Christian upbringing, you know, the seminary, philosophy, everything, the golden rule changed it all. It, I put myself in the shoes of the client and that do unto others as you would have them do unto you wisdom was reflected in my ultimate decision to change the way small business owners serve law. I mean, sorry, small business lawyers serve small business owners and decision makers. So I started asking, what would I want my relationship with my lawyer to look like if I were a small business owner? And what we did uh, ultimately as a result of that was uh, get we ditched the billable hour. I wrote an article years ago that says we hate the billable hour and you should too. And it's still on my blog. You can go read it today at executivelp.com. Uh, you can read, read it on the blog. It's a good one still. And so we got rid of the billable hour for virtually everything. I still occasionally use it when I have to, but it's a necessary evil more than anything. And we mostly do subscription-based legal services for small businesses. And recently we just launched a brand new services, to, uh, a brand new service called Profit From Legal. It's a six month business development program that uh, shows small business owners how to profit from having legal services. It's an implementation uh, program. So it's a, a bit of a hybrid between legal operations and actual legal services um, to help integrate legal services with your regular workflows in your business in a way that results in higher profitability, 
a more valuable business, less stress as you operate the business and uh, reduced legal risk. So that's my journey in a, in a bit of a nutshell. I love it. And I can relate. Uh, I was born, uh, raised Roman Italian Catholic. So, um, you know, having the, the, the Bible being it, it, something that I've read it twice before I finished high school, but it was one of those things where it was just embedded into me, but you brought up a great point doing to others as you're doing to yourself, you took yourself and it's like me being a chiropractor. I asked myself the same question. It's funny how you say that. It's like, you know, when I look at interns, I have a lot of students that I, I help and I, I give my free time to them um, just to help back the profession in some way, shape or form. And I'm always like, when I was that person, when I was the intern, what did I want? Because I didn't get everything I want. I said, what would I want? What would I be interested in? What I want to learn? And so um, being able to phrase yourself and switch yourself around like that, that, that's just huge. And look how it has pivotally changed where you're at and what you're doing. Um, Interestingly, I actually converted in 2013 to Roman Catholicism. Like I was raised fundamentalist, evangelical Protestant, and I, I converted over. Um, and people say, well, did you get married? Was your, is your wife Catholic? And I'm like, nope, I'm the only one in the family, kind of a black sheep. But uh it's great, isn't it? I mean, like it's a really good foundation for like learning about important concepts like charity, you know, willing the good of the other, stuff like that. Even for people who ultimately go a different direction in their life and end up not living a, a religious life, um, it can still provide a wonderful foundation for a career of service to others. I couldn't argue with you on that one. And you use this quote. I think we can we can dive into this. Now, you, you talked about the art of war or Sun Tzu. So you might share in the quote, how does that relate to what you were talking about and everything that you're doing? Right. So the fundamental premise of, of what I do or the, the if you want to like slap a label on it, it's preventive law. Right. Um, and this quote by Sun Tzu is there are really two two quotes that I think are the most important quotes that I could ever share with anybody in, in a business context. And the first one is this one by Sun Tzu. He said, victorious warriors win first and then go to war, while defeated warriors go to war first and then seek to win. And so what, what he's saying there is that the substance of victory is decided before there's ever a conflict. And I wholeheartedly agree with that. The other quote, by the way, and I, I should have shared this with you before we started recording, but it's it's a great one and it's much shorter. It's by a Frenchman named Yvonne Chenard. And he said, profit is what happens when you get everything else right. And I love that. I mean, it's so holistic for one thing. That's really great. Um, but he, he talks about the importance of getting everything else right in your business. And then the, the profit is the benefit that results. And those two quotes encapsulate what we're trying to do with executive legal professionals for small business owners, our mission and purpose. Uh, we really believe that there is a path to profitable legal support for every small business. And we're here to illuminate that path. I love that. And the reason why I love that quote so much, it's something that I didn't know about back then when I used to play baseball as a big baseball guy. And uh, I always used to tell my, you know, my teammates that would be like, hey, we walk into the game. If we already know we won, then the, the, the battle's done. Like we just got to show up. But if we go into this game thinking, oh, who's going to show up? Who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? And we got to figure things out along the way or what strategies. I mean, strategy is important. You need that. But it's like when you go that route, it's like, um, you, you know, you're rolling the dice and, and then it's hope. We're hoping that we win. 
And so when you when you first said that, I was what took me back into my days. Like, yep, you have to have that that mindset and that that view of like, no, we're, we're winners already. Let's let's go and do the work. And hope and- is not a strategy, right? <laughs> hope is not a strategy. And so if you're just hoping that you'll win, if you're just like, oh, well, let's just do our best. Let's give it the old college try, as it were. And you're just hoping that you'll succeed. Uh, that's a sure uh, that's a sure path to a swift defeat. So this is something I used to think myself being a business owner. And I know I'm, I'm, I can't wait to ask this question, but, you know, sometimes you think of lawyers, there's always the expense side to things. Right. And um, but can you elaborate on how this be having a lawyer and what you do, how that's critically important more from an investment side rather than an expense side? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it is an investment that you make in your business, and but that doesn't mean that there's not the expense. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna waste your audience's time and and lie and say, oh well, it's cheap. It's not cheap. Uh, it is an investment, and and really every everything worth doing is hard, and everything worth having costs something. You pay a price. It might not be money. It might be time. It might be effort. It might be resources. In the world of economics, we call this opportunity costs. And so there is a cost to going without a lawyer. It's just that that cost is hidden and you're not aware of it. You have risk blind spots. And this is what was happening with the small business clients who were bringing these easily preventable matters into my office. They were just uh, hoping that they wouldn't ever need a lawyer. Hope is not a strategy. And eventually they did. They, they had a crisis. Now, long before they had those crises, they had problems. And before they had problems, they had risks. There, it's, a, it's a cycle. It's a process. It starts with risk, and every single business has risk. Often those risks turn into problems if they're not properly managed. And then those problems, if you don't solve them quickly, they will turn into crises. And so what we've found is that rather than saying, well, legal services are expensive, to really step back another level, to reach a higher level of enlightenment or understanding, look at the whole picture and say, well, there are costs to not having a lawyer too. Which one is higher? Is it better to make an investment in the protection that your business needs and then ultimately have lower, lower costs from your le- that are the result of legal risk? Um, or is it better to roll the dice and just hope that you're never going to end up in court and, or, and it might not be court, right? It could be a key employee leaving your business and perhaps starting a rival business. It could be, uh, a government regulatory enforcement. You violated a regulation you weren't even aware of, um, or you did something, you didn't do something that you were supposed to do. Uh, having the lawyer on your team can add a level of vigilance that you just cannot have on your own because even if you're a really smart person even if you're a well-educated person even if you're really well organized and you feel like you have it all together you don't have the specialized training that a business lawyer has um, that's necessary to protect your business and even going beyond protection i mean protection is the thing that most people think about right but it really is only about a third of what I actually do for my clients. The really exciting stuff that makes the stuff that makes having legal services profitable is the stuff that adds real value to your business that can actually increase the valuation. It's building asset ecosystems in your business. 
and the stuff that uh, reduces stress in your business too. managing your relationships, whether they're internal relationships, external relationships, you know, vendor relationships with vendors and suppliers, customers, key employees, whatever that may be. Profit is what happens when you get all of those other things right. When you get everything else right, you profit more. And we have a, a quick, um, or not quick, excuse me, we have a simple five legal E's process that we follow with our clients. And we take them, we, we don't like legal ease. Nobody likes legal ease, right? Nobody, you read the fine print, small, small print means big risk. And so we don't like that. Uh, we don't like the legal ease. Instead, we have these five legal E's that we use to uh, take our clients from having lower value and lower profit than they could have, higher stress and having a lot of risk blind spots to having higher profits and more value, reduced stress and less risk. I like that. I think I like the analogy you use where it's like not having that, what's that going to cost you, right? And that's something that in my chiropractic practice, thankfully I had good mentors. They taught me that early on because when it comes to a plan, when people think of how much does it cost for a plan and we do in our office, we do um, um, care plans where we try to go six months or a year because we've seen the research and the data that shows when you commit long-term, the results are there. You're more committed. You'll get the, we'll get to the point where we want to get to. And in chiropractic, it's not a short-term game. Never has been. It never was. Um, but long story short, um, they would always say, talk about crisis care. Because when you look at emergency care or crisis care, that is astronomically way more expensive. And what you can go for an emergency room, and if you got to spend a night at a hospital, and that's all out of pocket, that's almost lifetime chiropractic care right there. And you're going to get way more than just a back pain or headache that's going to be taken care of. So I think using that analogy is, is, is phenomenal to see, because even as business owners, sometimes they'll be like, uh, I don't know, you know, that's how much is that? Oh, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know. And I used to have that mentality myself. I had it in many arenas, um, coaching. How much does a coach cost? Oh, uh, yeah, I know, I don't know, that's a little up there. And then it was got to the point where you're like, hold up, wait a minute. Can, this is what I'm going to spend. I don't care. This is my investment in me. And I'm going to do all that. I, I'm going to work with that coach and I'm going to do all that I can so that I can get to the levels where I want to get to in my life, not just in business, but in all areas of my life. And so I think we that's really, really that. critical. We want to have that conversation with with our clients about it being an investment, about legal services being an investment, about preventive law being an investment in the business and transforming what they previously have seen as a cost center in their business, which would be their legal department, right? Transforming that cost center into a high value operational asset that has positive return on investment. So they actually if they're spending, uh, if you're a $15 million a year business in Fort Worth, Texas, and you're spending $480,000 a year on your in-house legal department, we want to sit down with you and your in-house lawyers and develop key, legal key performance indicators and implement their services appropriately uh, using legal operations methods in your operational workflows to show you how you are getting back that $480,000 that you're spending every year on legal support. And then some, you know, how do you optimize the relationship with your lawyer? And if you're not use, if you don't have an in-house counsel, if you don't have an in-house department, you're probably using an outside general counsel, independently contracted lawyer. It doesn't mean that you can't do ex you know, exactly the same thing with them. Implement the legal key performance indicators, track and monitor things, set reasonable expectations, 
and basically have a plan for how you're going to make that money back and then some. Most people just don't think that through, don't have the conversation, they don't have the know-how. They don't even know that they should be doing it. And for so many businesses, small businesses, they have no legal counsel whatsoever. It's not outside general counsel, it's not in-house counsel, it's hope. Their, their, their representation is a great big paper shield of hope. And that's tragic. In fact, 80% of small business owners that have a significant legal event do not hire a lawyer. 80%. There's a, it, it's legal poverty, really. It's having a significant need that just goes unmet. That's the very definition of poverty. And I believe that taking a different approach to the business model for, for lawyers, if lawyers are willing to change their business model when it comes to serving small businesses and do things more like the way we do things, we can end legal poverty. And that's that's what it's the, that's the name of the game. That's what it's all about is having people uh, understand that there is a path to profitable legal support for every single business. You can have higher profits, more value, less stress and reduced risk, but it does require you to make a reasonable investment both in learning how to profit from legal and having that ongoing legal support. If you're not willing to make that investment, you'll just continue on and eventually you'll end up in court. And research suggests that if you have less than $100 million in revenue, you're vulnerable to a single lawsuit being able to take down your company. If it's the if it's the perfect storm now, you might say, well, we've weathered lawsuits in the past and, you know, we don't really feel like we're at risk for bankruptcy. But, and maybe that's true for you. And if so, bully for you. Good for you. I'm, I'm happy to hear it. But uh, if you do happen to have that perfect storm lawsuit, that big blind spot or that huge accident and the insurance doesn't cover or whatever, whatever the case may be, um, you know, you are vulnerable and sometimes you're more vulnerable than you even realize. It's worth having the conversation. What would you say is like one of the biggest the things that you noticed that businesses from a legal side you, you've seen and it, like they mess up on or that, that they get affected by um, that can happen? Like I know you were mentioning before, like they come, you're, you're, they can go ahead and you can have someone who worked for you and then they leave and they start open shop right across the street. No, no, not competes are great for that. Um, but what do you see that's like a big issue or common theme with when it comes to small business owners? Uh, so there are mistakes of belief and then there, there are mistakes of action, right? So I would say there are three big belief mistakes and uh, probably four behavioral mistakes that I can point to. Um, the belief mistakes are pretty straightforward. They believe that legal support will make their business less profitable. That's just not true. So that's a mistake. Uh, legal support makes a business more complex. And that's also not true. Your business is already complex. Your relationships are already legal just helps you address all of those complexities instead of sticking your head in the sand and ignoring them and pretending that things are simple when in fact they are not. Um, legal support is only necessary to resolve a crisis. Like I don't have to worry about this until we get sued. That's not true. That's not true. It's going to be more expensive at that point to resolve the crisis than it would have been to prevent the problem by addressing the risk. Um, that's just completely out of order. Um, behaviorally, the, mis the four mistakes we see are approaching legal work as a DIY project. Like that's always a mistake. Unless you went to law school and you're a trained lawyer, um, you probably shouldn't be doing any kind of legal work for your business because 
I've had people who say, well, I'm college educated. I, you know, am fluent in English. I understand what these words mean. I say to them, well, you don't understand what the courts have said those words mean in this context. So you don't understand the legal nuance to it. Even if you understand the plain language, that's not necessarily the way it gets interpreted in court. And you don't understand, you know, the statutes and, and all of that. Like there's more to it than you really see. And so even if you think you're capable of doing your own legal work or downloading a template from the internet and chopping it up and like, I've seen that the DIY stuff, it, it's, a, it's a huge problem because it gives people this false sense of security, right? They think that they've covered their bases. They think they have a contract in place and really any half decent lawyer that's worth his salt will just rip that thing to shreds in court. Um, it's, it's not enforceable, like having the non-compete that's too aggressive and says you can't do business anywhere in the country in this industry for 10 years or something like that. It's just like it's not limited in geographic scope. It's not limited in time. It's not reasonable. It makes it hard for the person to earn their living. And that's not what non-competes are supposed to do. So just with the basic examples that you you presented, I mean, there are some really specific mistakes people make with those, but generally the big mistake is treating legal as a DIY project. I'd say another big behavioral issue or problem is prioritizing short-term gains over long-term gains. I think having that short-term mindset, my dad used to tell me all the time when he would be, you know, about to ground me for two weeks for doing something stupid. He would say, you don't think right here. And he'd put his hand right in front of his face. He don't think right here, think out there. And he would point out to the future. He'd say, think long-term, think in when we were, he was teaching me to play chess, he would say, think three moves ahead, at least, at least three moves ahead. You got to think long term and put every short term decision in the context of your long term goals. That's part of what our five legal ease process is designed to help people do is to to really pick the right long term goal and then orient all their short term decisions towards that. Only hiring a lawyer in the face of a crisis is one of the other behavioral problems like not not involving a lawyer early and often. And then the, the final one, and this is probably the most egregious one it's the one that i'd say virtually all not all but the vast majority more than more than 80 percent of small businesses do not integrate their legal support with their daily operational workflows like as you go about doing your work and and working through your workflows day to day you don't typically think about the legal implications of it at all you don't really take that into consideration it's not part of the process um, and when we bring on clients, like if I have a client that has less than a million dollars in revenue, they're a micro business, they probably have fewer than 10 employees, they're just, they're a very small business, um, they, they still need ongoing legal support. And what we do for them is we offer unlimited remote legal consultation service. We offer all their de minimis legal services, all their legal research, completely unlimited, and a variety of other services. And we, we charge them $4,800 a year. So it comes out to about $400 a month for that. It's very, very affordable. But the relationship in for that client is everything. And so we send them, when we bring them on board and we do the onboarding for that client, we set up an, an email automation campaign for them. And the email automation sends them an email every week with a Calendly link and it says, don't forget to schedule a 20 minute check-in with your lawyer this week. 
don't forget to check in with your lawyer. And all we're asking for is 20 minutes every once a week. It's it, it doesn't have to be burdensome. It doesn't have to be difficult. It doesn't make your business more complex. It's an op opportunity for you to take a deep breath, pause, and talk to someone who really cares about the success of your business and has a very sp specific expertise they can bring to bear to help look out for your legal risk blind spots, to look at the things that are stressing you out, to look at the opportunities for value that you might be overlooking, to point those out to you and then work with you to add value, reduce the stress, cover your ass, those sorts of things. I like it, man. That's good stuff. I mean, it's uh, even at that price point, it's not you think about if they even even at forty hundred dollars. I mean, you know, this better than I do. But it, 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 the other side of that, that risk, the, the potential cost of something not going well um, is way more than that. Right. I'm just making sure. Oh, totally. Because <laughs> like for I don't mind. I know that my I have a client who won't mind me telling this story. This this service, again, it's it's number one, it's a tax deductible business expense. So there's that. Um, it's it pays for itself 100% of the time. I have had a, a client that called me for one issue, and I'll tell the story uh, briefly, but she called me for one issue, and that one issue, the resolution of that issue paid for her whole service for the whole year. So everything we did for her the rest of the year was just gravy. So the, the issue that she was having was she had um, a practice where one of her or actually two of her clients were unhappy with results that they that they received for reasons that were ridiculous and my client had set an expectation for these these two clients and they ignored what she told them and so their expectations were different from the expectation that she had set during her consultation with them she said, this is what's going to happen. They didn't listen. And so they were mad when what she told them would happen happened. They were mad that it happened. That doesn't make any sense. She's like, I, mean, I told you that this was going to happen. And this is a normal part of the process. And they, they still were upset about it just irrationally. And so they went online and posted negative reviews about her business and said things that weren't true. And um, so I said, okay, uh, what do you want to do about it? She said, well, I've been trying to, to resolve this with them for like three weeks now, and I'm just at my wits end. I'm, it's stressing me out. It's harming my business. People are seeing these bad reviews and, you know, they don't want to, you know, maybe they're less likely to make appointments or whatever, but I can't have people talking crap about me online. So I want you to sue them for defamation because the things they're saying are not true. And I said, well, conservatively, the cost of those lawsuits is about $2,500 a piece, if, even if you sue them in small, small claims court. So you're talking about basically $5,000 in litigation as a very conservative estimate. And that's, you know, win or lose, that's, that's going to be the cost. And I said, why don't you let me try to resolve it before we file a lawsuit? Now, already, I'm doing something that's very different from what I think most lawyers would do. Most lawyers would say, great, I've got a new client and I've got two cases. I'm going to go file this lawsuit. I'm going to, you know, send a bill. I'm going to make five grand. Woo, we're off to the races. Like, yay, that, that's good news for the lawyer. They're happy, new business. The client's like, great, now I'm going to spend $5,000. You know, that sucks. So already the incentives are not aligned. With me though, it's different. I'm I'm on a, paid on a subscription basis, and I'm all about like 
making sure that the client receives a value that's greater than what they paid me because I want them to renew the next year. So my incentive is to maintain the relationship with the client, make the client super happy, make them so happy, in fact, that they will refer me more business. And that's where my incentive is, uh, not on just like filing as many lawsuits as possible and billing as many hours as possible. I'm trying to deliver value, whereas other lawyers are billing for their time. So doing my business this way gave me the motivation, gave me the incentive to to ask her, well, let me try to resolve it with them before we file the lawsuit. She said, fine, do whatever, do whatever you want. I trust you. I said, cool. Within an hour, within one hour, I had persuaded both of her clients to take down the bad reviews at no cost very quietly, very privately. And I said, look, we both know how this went down. And we both know that I can prove in court how this went down and the things that you said are not true and you're going to lose. And even, even if I'm wrong about that, even if I'm, you're going to lose in court, but even if I'm wrong about that belief that you're going to lose in court, it's going to cost you more money to win, to beat me in court. Even if you could beat me in court, which you can't, but even if you could, it would cost you more money to do that than it, than it's worth. Why don't you just take down the review? And if you're really unhappy with my client, just go do take your business elsewhere, right? Let the, let the market punish her uh, by the absence of your dollars and the absence of your patronage. Like take your business elsewhere, and that's fine. But don't go running your mouth about my client and don't be posting crap online, or, or I'm going to sue you. And um, I said, by the way, also my client's more than happy to meet with you and to explain what's going on and to try to resolve this to your satisfaction. And they both declined to go and, and have that, you know, ironed out in person. They just said, no, they don't want to deal with it anymore. So for basically an hour's, an hour's work, I saved my client $5,000. That's just one time. And the rest, that I, the rest of the stuff that I do for her the rest of the year is just gravy because her service is already paid for itself. That's one little isolated example among many, like I could sit here all day, every day and tell you story after story after story. I won't because I respect your time, but uh, that that's an example of how the services can pay for themselves. Now, I love that example. And I think that that's something that we live in a culture like that where it comes out to where people, you know, whatever it may be, it's just so easy. Now, let me throw a negative review. And even though the review is not I had that done to me, actually, where, you know, someone put a comment, they didn't like the way my care plan was done and how I stick to the care plan, but it's because it's based on the science I do and you're coming for me for help and this is what I recommend. And and she was just like, he's all for the money. And my wife's like, I'll respond, I'm better with words, which she is. And, but she made a point like in there saying like, listen, if he was really for the money, he just take whatever you want to do and he'll just do it. Instead, he's being, he's actually saying, go somewhere else then and do business somewhere else. Cause that's not what we do. And, and it's one of those things where, you know, I hear, I, I hear this often about that nowadays, not my story, but just the story that you were kind of sharing, like people will do that. And it's just one of those things. So yeah, huge value in there. I will say that. Um, before we wrap up, I always like to ask to see, you know, I love what you're up to and all that you're doing and what you're doing for businesses. I think that's critical and huge. How can people find out more about what you're doing, connect with you and all that good stuff? Well, we have the Profit From Legal podcast. So you can tune in and listen to Profit From Legal podcast. It's on Apple Podcast, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and like a bunch of others, like a, a ton of, of distribution channels. Um, so that's one thing. The profitfromlegal.com uh, 
uh, website just went live. It points to a landing page on our site. And if you dive into the profitfromlegal.com page, um, there's a quick little take our profit from legal scorecard link that you can see on that page. So hit up profitfromlegal.com, take the scorecard. This is a really great tool for assessing how you how you're doing or how your lawyer is doing if you don't have a lawyer it's it's assessing how you're doing but uh, if you have an in-house counsel or outside general counsel that is supporting your business how well are they contributing to the legal profitability of your business how well is your legal support adding to your bottom line building value reducing stress reducing your legal risk um, and so the benefit of taking this scorecard is it, it will show you where there's room for improvement, what could you be doing better? And it shows you sort of here's where you are today. And you know what, if you change these things, you could be way up here, you could be doing so much better. We also provide from that same landing page, um, the opportunity to book in for one of our insight workshops. These are half day workshops, they include a really powerful keynote presentation on profit from legal, we use the opportunity to unpack your custom scorecard results. So you'll get custom recommendations and a custom report for how you can use legal services to make more money, to add more value to your business, to be less stressed out, and to you know sort of open your eyes to the legal risk blind spots that you have and um, be more stable as a business. So hit up profitfromlegal.com. We've also got like LinkedIn groups and Facebook groups. If you wanna join in on social media, that's all fun and games, but um, you know, really recommend the podcast and just profitfromlegal.com. I love it. Noel, thank you so much for being on. Appreciate all the work you're doing. I like the pioneer work that you're doing. You're kind of changing the way law is done with small business. And I greatly appreciate that very much as a small business owner myself. Um, keep up the great work and I appreciate you taking the time to be on today. Thank you, man. I really appreciate you having me. It's always good talking to you. Uh, I'm so glad that we had the opportunity to meet and collaborate. And thank you. I just want to thank you again on your podcast for appearing on the Profit From Legal podcast. So um, to your audience, I'll just say, hey, tune in and listen to the interview we did with Dr. Vic. Um, it was a really fun, I think, valuable interview. Uh, and we're probably going to have that live I don't know when this episode on, of your podcast will air, but the, the interview that you did on our podcast will probably air within two weeks. So Beautiful. tune into the Profit From Legal podcast and, and listen to that interview with Dr. Vic. Thank you, brother. Thank you for listening to the podcast. For past shows, please visit www.empoweryourreality.com. I hope this show inspired you and added to your life to help you on the journey to rediscover who you really are. To connect with us on Facebook, please visit www.facebook.com forward slash Dr. Vic Manzo. Check us out on Twitter. The handle is Dr. Vic 21. Follow us on Instagram, www.instagram.com forward slash Dr. Vic Manzo. If you were inspired by the podcast, pay it forward by sharing it with someone who you know can benefit from it. Thank you again for listening to the Mindful Experiment podcast, sharing paths to help you rediscover your infinite potential. Hmm. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. If you found this episode to be inspirational, pay it forward by sharing with someone that you know can benefit from this. If this is your first time tuning in, please follow us, connect with us so you don't miss another amazing episode. And until next time, keep rocking and rolling.